Hey, this is Dave Wonders, host of Dave Wonders, and I love conversations, whether it's with local pastors, artists, filmmakers, authors, random people from the community, any opportunity to sip a cup of coffee and have a good conversation. So sit back and relax. For more conversations like this one, you can visit our website, thepulse.mn, or you can tune in weekdays from 2 to 6 Central at 104.3 The Pulse in Central Minnesota or online at thepulse.mn. You are listening to 104.3 The Pulse. My name is Dave Wonders. And uh, we're chatting today with... Adam Holes, he is the director of Focus on the Families, Plugged In, and uh, we're going to be chatting about social media today and, and TikTok in particular. How you doing, Adam? I'm good, Dave. How are you today? Uh, doing all right. Racing for another Minnesota storm, you know, because that's just what we do here. Oh, yeah. Springtime, right? It's the best. <laughs> <laughs> so the tiktok has been in the news quite a bit obviously there, there was yeah. that hearing and i think that's a lot of parents are saying okay what is the deal with with tiktok and should i be concerned because my kids are on it all the time yeah you know that's a great question and i have concerns my concerns might appear a little more subtle than the kind of stuff that's showing up in the news you know the the thing that's been showing up in the news is this question of Chinese spying, you know, that this is an app that's owned by a Chinese company, and is it a portal for for Chinese spies? And, and my thought is, are your kids doing things that Chinese spies would want to know about? <laughs> it depends you know, on how tied they are into the, the latest challenges. Right, and... right. I mean, if, I suppose if they're hacking into the NSA, maybe, but... You know, apart from government employees, um, my first thought is, okay, if the Chinese are surveilling my kids, um, okay, uh, really, on, on my list of parental concerns, it's not that high. Now, if they're surveilling, you know, people who work for the FBI or the CIA or the State Department, that's an issue, right? Um, my kids don't work for any of those organizations. And my second thought is, everybody is surveilling us. Facebook is surveilling us, uh, Instagram is surveilling us, uh, Google, every single keystroke that any of us have online is being monitored and checked, not necessarily by somebody sitting in a cubicle somewhere, but it all feeds into what we affectionately call the algorithm, right? So this idea that we should be really scared about Chinese surveillance of our kids, I guess kind of abstractly creepy, but I'm like, well, how is this any different than what everybody else is doing already? We ought to be concerned with the level of surveillance happening across the board uh, and, and really be paying attention to that. So that's sort of the presenting issue. Um, let's drill down a little bit deeper. Obviously, with TikTok, there is the chance that someone can see inappropriate content, uh, maybe sexual content, maybe content that has profanity in it. I think that's a, a much more concrete issue that parents need to be paying attention to. I think depending on how you have your settings on TikTok set up, you could also potentially have the issue of stalkers who are connecting with your kids. Again, it's not impossible. I think this is a more remote concern. Those are sort of the issues that we hear about in the news. But from my own experience trying to limit my own kids' engagement with this, and my kids are 12, 14, and 16, I have two bigger concerns. And my biggest one is I think that TikTok and um, short-form video media in general creates an appetite for constant stimulation, mm. and it obliterates their 
their attention span. And their ability to think deeply and reflexively, I think, is being overrun by, oh, look, another silly video of somebody doing something silly. So I think the biggest threat is that it's doing things to, you know, to our kids' way of interacting with media. It's sort of like when you go to the state fair, and I grew up in Iowa, so we have one. I know you have one in Minnesota. If all you do is eat cotton candy for the end, you know, for an entire day, each bite might take great, taste great, but you get kind of sick to your stomach by the end of the day. I would liken TikTok uh, and short form videos in general, whether that's on, you know, Facebook, whether it's on Instagram. It's sort of like eating cotton candy. It tastes good, but if you eat too much of it, as your mom and dad we used to say, mostly your mom though, <laughs> you're going to get sick. Um, and so I think that's my bigger concern is it's just, it's conditioning us to be constant consumers of completely inane content that really is devoid of, of much meaning whatsoever, Dave. It's one of those things that uh, I think we can trick ourselves into, well, this video is so short I'm right. not actually losing any time to this. Right. I'm not. And then there's another one and another one right. and another one where you're on TikTok or Reels or whatever else. Right. Suddenly, oh my goodness, I have been doing throwaway 30-second minute videos for over an hour. Right, exactly. And, and I would say, when was the last time you watched one 30-second video as an adult? Let's forget about our kids for a minute because I think – we need to talk about how we're engaging with this stuff as adults and as parents because our kids are going to do what they see us doing, right? We're setting the bar here. And like you, I have lost a half an hour or 45 minutes, you know, just scrolling through. I don't have TikTok, but I do have Instagram. And I can just blow through my Instagram feed. I'm like, well, that's an interesting tornado video. And oh, that's an interesting picture of how a Russian fighter lands on an aircraft carrier. I'm like, there's nothing wrong with those things necessarily, but as you just mentioned, there's a stewardship component, right? Like, how often do we get through 45 minutes of watching mindless videos and we think, man, that was time really well spent? <laughs> Probably not, right? right? And it's so easy, like you said, you do it in half hour, 45 minutes, hour-long chunks, and if you don't have something bounding that time on the other end, you can easily sit through a movie's length content on TikTok, on Facebook, on Snapchat, on any of these platforms. And, and what do we have to show for it at the end? It's, it's really mindless consumerism. At this point, is it even possible to just cut off kids from TikTok or, or social media? The reason I ask this is because my kids do not have uh, TikTok on a device. And yet they came home from school the other day and they were doing TikTok dances that they were right. shown on a friend's cell phone, and right. they're, they're still absorbing this content, whether or not they're doing it on their own device or not. No, that's right. And I think that we, what we do is we set the best boundaries we can as parents. And those boundaries are in three areas. What are you interacting with? How long are you interacting with it? And where are you interacting with it? You know, if your kids are in their bedrooms for three hours a night, mainlining TikTok videos, that's a problem, potentially, Right. But even if you have good boundaries, we've got to be teaching our kids about what thoughtful engagement with this stuff looks like. And so 
they are going to get exposed to it through other kids. It's just that's going to happen. But we're teaching them to ask good questions about, well, what's going on here? Is is this a problem? And frankly, something like, uh, you know, a dance fad, I would put in the pretty innocuous category, right? right. And I think that we really have to ask the question, how is this content influencing our kids' souls and how do we help them begin to think through that for themselves because we can't be there to monitor everything that they're doing everywhere they go. And as we know, smartphones are are ubiquitous. Their friends have them. Everybody has them. So we've got to be setting those boundaries and those limits. And we also have to be equipping our kids to make good decisions for the things that pop up that despite our best intentions and efforts, it sneaks through the grid. It sneaks through that that sort of the protective boundaries that we set up. Well, it turns into a game of whack-a-mole, right? Okay, what is the next thing I need to be worried about? What's the next thing I have to squash? And instead of saying, okay, uh, kids, let's talk about what discernment is and let's equip you and train you to think through these things yourselves so that you're not drawn in to want to consume all that. No, that's exactly right. And I think that as much as we want to talk about filters and boundaries, I think the bigger conversation is how am I really cultivating a relationship with my kids so that they want to talk to me about this stuff? So that when I ask them, you know, hey, have you seen anything interesting on social media lately or have your friends engaged with anything interesting? Why was that interesting to you? They don't, it's not like the police are interrogating them, right? Yeah. Um, And We also have to remember that, especially teenagers, they're beginning to individuate. They're beginning to, you know, understand who they are, and they want to define their identities over and against their parents. And so we have to differentiate between what is natural pushback as they move into that direction and what's just flat-out rebellious behavior. You know, if we find out that they have been looking at something really problematic – um, then we need to talk about consequences for that. But if they're just doing things that are just sort of mindless and silly, it actually is an opportunity, I think, to interact with them and to say, well, what, what do you like about that? Tell me, tell me how you relate to that. Why does that make you laugh? Why does that get your attention? And when we do that, we build relationship with them and we communicate to them that they are valuable and it's not just about you know, being bad cop all the time. So I think that when we put on the policeman hat, um, we're likely to get resistance and we have to, as parents, really differentiate between when do I need to come down hard on something and say no, and when do I need to say, okay, that's not my favorite, but it actually isn't a huge problem and maybe there's an opportunity to really build relationship here. Picking picking the battles. Yeah, you got to pick your battles. And I mean, honestly... Um, my 16-year-old came home a while back, and this isn't social media, and he said, Dad, my friends are, are having a party, um, and they're going to watch American Psycho, which is a movie that came out about 20 years ago, which is a, a massively R-rated movie. Every kind of bad content you can think about is in that movie. And he said, can I go? I'm like, well, no, bud, and here's why. Here's the content in that movie that I'm really concerned about. Um, and so that was a place where I said no, uh, but we watched Stranger Things, for example. Sure. And he's 16, and Stranger Things has some content problems too, but not at that level. And so, again, it becomes about where do you pick your battles, and and my choices as a parent may be different than yours. And even between our kids, our our kids had different vulnerabilities, and so 
those limits and boundaries may be diff- different from child to child, let alone my family and your family. But I love the fact that he came to you and and, and talked to you about that, that there was open yeah. discussion there, cultivating the, yep. the kind of parent-child relationship where that happens. Man, that sounds good. Yeah, and you know, people might be surprised some of the things that we have engaged with in our family. I mean, my... My two daughters and I are going to the Taylor Swift concert, and there's all kinds of problems with Taylor Swift's music. Um, I'm just jealous you got tickets, honestly. Well, it was a small miracle. I sat online for two hours. I'm like, you know what? I know they say don't get out, but I'm going to get out and try again, and I got right back in the second time. So, um, But we're going to talk about that, and we're going to talk about you know, her messages. And again, there are Christian families out there who would say, what? Are you crazy? Um, maybe. And... You know, we also go to Toby Mac and Skillet concerts. We like live music. All of those are relationship-building experiences where we share something together. And I think that when you can enter into um, your kids' entertainment world in a way where you're sharing that experience together, you're building relational capital for the moments when you have to say no. You know, it's like, yeah, we're not going to do that, but we are doing all these things. Um, and, and especially in a, in a world that is saturated with entertainment, looking for those places that we can enter in, I think really does give you that relational capital as a parent for when you have to put your foot down and make the hard choices. Hey, this is Dave Wonders, host of Dave Wonders on the Pulse Podcast Network. Here at The Pulse, we are passionate about music with a message for Central Minnesota. We want to cultivate within each listener a deeper desire to know and follow Jesus Christ. You can listen to us anytime online at thepulse.mn or at 104.3 The Pulse if you live in Central Minnesota. Now let's dive back into the conversation. And you're, you're training them alongside, you know, exactly. like before a kid has a driver's license, they have a learner's permit where they've got exactly. an adult in the seat next to them. And I know some parents are like, oh, that was the worst. But that's the opportunity because if you don't have side-by-side navigating and learning experience, then when you're not in the car, you have no idea what they're going to do. Well, exactly. Exactly. And I think that it is appropriate and wise and good to protect our kids from the vast array of stuff that is out there. But I think that as they move through their teen years, and now we're talking not just about social media, but the entertainment world and screen world in general, we want to be giving them opportunities to practice making decisions on their own. And by the time they're 16 or 17, maybe we give them some space to make decisions that we're not crazy about, but we're letting them make them. And for example, my 16-year-old son recently has gotten really turned on to Linkin Park. Linkin Park is not my favorite band in the world. Um, there's a lot of anger there. There's a lot of, there are a lot of problems. There are some language problems. But again, I haven't said no, but I have tried to, to ask questions. Well, what do you identify with? What do you, what do you like? What do you think about Chester Bennington's messages about depression and alienation and, and my son and I have great conversations about that stuff. So when he leaves home, he's had that practice. But if we just keep that sort of tight rein on everything, 
till they're 18 or whenever they leave home, 35, um, they, I think they're more likely to, you know, quote, go crazy, unquote, because they haven't had that practice doing that with us. I know it's a, a lot easier to, to set good foundations than it is to fix bad ones. Yeah. So I've got a 10-year-old and an 11-year-old, and um, one of them has, my 11-year-old has a cell phone. Uh-huh. And so she is just right on the forefront of, of stepping into social media. And yes. all she has, she has like kids messenger, and, and that's it at this point. But right. what can I do as a parent to set thoughtful time strategies or Boundaries without being too constrictive, but also sure. being, you know, wise with how I, I go about that. Well, I think all the phones these days have parental controls for starters that you can set time limits on things. And I think if you do it from the beginning, like you said, it's easier to set those boundaries from the beginning than it is to retroactively try to go back and fix problems once they get out of control. So when you do it from the start, she knows that that is just the way you interact with this medium, and it's a natural thing. And she may push back, but kids hate boundaries, at least initially, but the boundaries provide safety for them, and they get used to them. And and actually, even though they would not tell you this, boundaries provide safety, right? Boundaries provide a sense of of protection, and you know where the limits are. Um, I think delaying social media engagement as long as you can is, is probably the best thing. For lots of reasons, we could have a huge discussion about, you know, all of the issues with social media and mental health, but I think the longer you can delay it, the better. And then I think that we need to distinguish between how our kids are using social media. My daughters have used Snapchat mostly to snap with their friends, and so it becomes a way that they communicate with their friends, but I'm very engaged and I know how they're using it. That's really different than taking videos and putting them online. We've had multiple families that have had daughters especially who have been posting videos to YouTube, to Instagram that they weren't aware of and engaged in and had people begin interacting with them in ways that were kind of creepy. And so even understanding, okay, my child wants to interact with their friends versus you know they want to be internet famous and they're posting videos, those are different ways that we can use social media. And then just being engaged. I think if you from the outset say, hey, I want to know who you're interacting with and your phone is not your private thing that you just do on your own, but from the outset, we know that that part of our boundaries um, that we establish are going to be, I'm going to ask you what's on your phone and I'm going to look at it from time to time. And even just establishing up front, maybe you do that once a week, right? Um, And again, with With things like Snapchat where messages disappear, you may have to have different boundaries and different limits. That's the biggest issue with Snapchat is a lot of the stuff disappears after 24 hours. So it sort of is custom made for sneaky teens. And I think that puts Snapchat in a slightly more problematic territory than maybe some of these other things. So, and all of that demands engagement as parents. We just, we've got to know what's going on and we have to be willing to engage there. We got to be plugged in, right? We got to be plugged in. Hey, I like that. I like that. Adam, thank you so much for taking the time to, to chat with us and give us some some insights, some tools. Um, it, it's certainly a, a, an extra wrinkle that we have to oh, deal yeah. with as parents. This is my parents didn't need to deal with for me, and uh, now we get to try to navigate those new waters and making mistakes here and there. But you know, hopefully, yeah. raising kids that know how to to think and navigate. Right. Well, and can I say one other thing with regard to that? Because I think that's really important, what you just said. 
we don't want to be mediocre and we don't want to be laissez-faire and say, oh, I just don't care. Um, and we don't want to throw in the towel and say, ah, it's just where they're at. Who cares? Do what you want. I do think on the other side, though, sometimes we can have this impulse toward perfectionism. And this is probably not an area where you're going to get things perfect. And that's okay. We can take that pressure off. And especially as we focus on building relationship, I think that helps in this area. Yeah. Thank you so much, Adam. And uh, again, listeners, a really, really great resource is uh, plugged in as far as you guys do movie reviews, you do television reviews, video game reviews, all kinds of stuff. All kinds of stuff. Come to Plugged In and we'll tell you what you need to know about all of the things happening in popular culture and entertainment. And really increasingly, as we've talked about today, we want to be a resource to help you think about social media and technology as well. Thank you, sir. You bet. Thanks, Dave. Great talking with you. And uh, please be in touch if you ever you know, want to talk about stuff again. Thanks for listening to Dave Wonders. You can find more episodes of Dave Wonders on the website, thepulse.mn, or any place you get your podcasts. 